Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about rest. I don't know if you've seen the commercial, people that are all fatigued, they're running around crazy and everything, and you know they're tired, they can't sleep at night, they go to work hard, they're in the elevator, and it says, and take a pill, you'll be energized. Why don't they just say, you know what? Cut out some stuff, get some sleep. And don't work seven days a week. That's the problem today, people. God has built us into the creation. You need to rest. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Since the beginning of time, there have always been 24 hours to a day and seven days to a week. So why is it that we live as though this is not enough? Today, as we continue this journey through the book of Genesis, Pastor Xavier brings us an important and much-needed message, the seventh day, rest and relax. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, to the beginning of verse 4. Thus the heavens and the earth, and all of the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and of the earth when, he, when they were created. Now, Notice the creator of the entire creation rested on the seventh day. And he rested on the seventh day from all his works which he had done. The beginning chapters of Genesis bear witness to this pattern. Seven. Very, very clear. The entire law revolves around the principle of creation. In six days and the seventh he rested. Six years a slave would serve. The seventh he would be let go. Exodus 21.2. Six years they would plant their fields. The seventh they would let it rest. No planting on it. Exodus 23.10. Six days they went out to gather manna. The seventh they were not to gather manna. But of course they went out to gather manna and God rebuked them. Exodus 16.26. They were to rest on the Sabbath. The year of Jubilee, by the way, is made up of seven sets of Sabbath years. Seven times seven is 49, 49 years. The 50th is Jubilee, but it's based on seven Sabbath years, the Sabbatic Sabbath, Leviticus 25, 9. The fact that God blessed the seventh day kind of sets reverence to it. In acknowledgement of the six days of creation, in admiration of the completion of creation, And the word blessed means to pronounce a benefit as if to be respected from the other six at this point. The blessing of God is a unifying theme through Genesis, as you know, of his approval, bestowing benefits to reproduce. The first time that the word blessed is found is in Genesis 1.22, first time it appears. It appears when God created the sea life and blessed them. And after that, he said, he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. It is the blessing of God on his creation that makes it a great benefit to man. And man can only be fruitful and have hope and live abundantly in life through the blessings of God. You live apart from God, you don't have the blessing of God. You don't live in obedience to God, you add hurt to your life. He knows what life is all about. Don't strive. Don't, you know, 
again, live where you're at. You know, everything comes in its time, people. Everybody wants everything right now. And again, you can always point to someone, well, you know, you have the... I, I was obedient to the Lord. I, I have to do what, I, what God tells me. We can't rationalize things or, or justify ourselves. You live where you're at. Get prepared. Go to school. Get educated. Get prepared. And then work hard. And then rest. And live in priorities. Always put something away. Live within your means. And don't forget God. Hmm. The act of sanctifying the seventh day by God not only reinforces the blessing on the seventh day, but clearly states it. Listen, the word sanctified means to consecrate, to hollow, or to make holy for a dedicated purpose. The day is to be thought of as special and treated with special status, different from the other six days. This is the whole point of this section. This is the commentary of Moses as we've seen in Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the seas and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day, listen, and hollowed it, made it holy. Different. The Lord put his people to the test constantly regarding the Sabbath and the sabbatic years. Why? Because man is disobedient. He thinks he knows best. In Exodus 16, 4, when they gathered manna. He says, six days, and listen, on the sixth day, I'm going to give you twice as much so you don't go out on the seventh. What happened? They went on the seventh, a couple of them. Amazing. When they were to leave their fields unplanted, God made it very clear. Exodus 23, 10 through 11 says, six years you shall sow your land and gather its produce, but the seventh year you shall let it lie rest or follow that the poor and your people may eat and leave it for the beasts of the field that they may eat in like manner you shall do with your vineyards and your olive groves. God says, you rest. Even in the seventh year, certain portions for the poor, for the animals. Wow, and rest. Oh, no, no, let's put a fence around my thing and, and we're going to work the seventh day. Greed. Hmm. What do you think, honey? You know, I mean, it's only for about six months that I have to work Sundays. And, you know, I know it's the only day I'm going to have off is maybe just uh, a few hours in that. But, you know, it's just for, be careful. One weekend, two weekends, three weekends, something like that. It's an exception. But be careful. You'll hurt yourself with the Lord. You'll hurt yourself with your family. you hurt yourself with your children. you hurt yourself with everything. Greed, greed, more, more, more. Mind, mind, mind. Daffy Duck. Hmm. When they would have a tendency not to observe the special feast, listen, Exodus 34, 21 through 23. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing time and harvest you shall rest, and you shall observe the feast weeks of the first fruits of wheat harvest and the feast of ingatherings of years. And three times a year all the men shall appear before the Lord, Lord God of Israel. So they were to go present themselves in the feast days and everything. Oh, you know, I can't. I, I got to work this holiday. No, no, no. God says just shut up and rest. Let, let it go. Hmm. Exodus 34, 21 through 24, God promised the blessing to protect the properties when they went to Israel, to the land, to Jerusalem. Listen, this is great. For I will cast out the nations from before you and enlarge your borders. Neither will anyone covet your lands when you go up to appear before the Lord your God three times a year. Whoa. 
God says, I will not only protect your land, I will multiply it. Listen, listen to me. God will give you wisdom. He's giving you a thing called a brain as well as me. And we need to use it a little more. Sometimes, and as I look at my life, the blessings that have come to my life to get ahead financially is not so much by the amount of money I have or have gotten, but it's wisdom. In other words, if interest rates go from nine to six, go refi. On an average loan of 30 years, you'll save yourself about $150,000. If you go to a 15-year loan, you save even more. If you already have a low interest, instead of refine, then pay from the back 100 extra, 150 extra. Your house is done in 30 years, seven years earlier. In a 15-year loan, you've got another four years earlier. God will make you wealthier and allow you to get ahead just simply by good common sense, by seeking the Lord wisdom and everything else. And you live in priorities within your means. Listen, you cannot have it all. You get the toys now. You're in poverty then in your life, probably. Priorities. Get your house. Get a roof over your head for your wife and your children. Make sure there's food. There's clothing. The car is the last priority, you understand? Fix it. Shine it. Don't look at it if you don't want to. <laughs> God gave the reason once again, notice, because... He rested from all his works. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Seven times God tells us, using different words about his finished work and rest. Verse 1, finish. Verse 2, ended. Verse 2, had done two times. Verse 2, rested. Verse 3, rested. Verse 3, had created. How many times did God have to tell you it was done? Two words are used to describe the creation as it was in chapter 1. The word bara is uh, created from nothing. Created is bara there. And the other one is asa. From existing materials he formed and he shaped. So he repeats it so that you clearly see that what he has said he means. The Sabbath was a perpetual covenant with Israel. Remember this. Exodus 31, 14. It was to the point of death. Listen. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work in it, that person shall be cut off from among the people. Now, you know that in Numbers 15, 32, and 33, a young man went out to collect wood on the Sabbath day. Moses took him. They didn't know what to do with him. They put him in lockup for a while. Sought the Lord. The Lord says, stone him to death. And they stoned him to death. Do you think I was serious about the Sabbath day? Now, am I saying that we should stone people? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying God means what he says, and he does it for our benefit. The Sabbath is tied with their deliverance of Egypt in Deuteronomy 5.15. He says, and remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of the land by a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you, listen, to keep the Sabbath day. Keep it. No excuses, no nothing. The entire section is a summary statement that God created the heavens and the earth then. 
The word there, history, in the beginning of verse 4, means genealogical list. Translated generation in the old King James. This is the natural division is the key word, as we've shown you in the introduction. It is a transitional verse at this point, I believe. You got arguments, people say, is this formula uh, a superscript at the beginning of the list, or is it a subscript at the end of the list? Well, here I believe this transition is looking back to tie up from verse 1 of chapter 1 to here. And then you have the other 10. If you look at them that way, there's 11 divisions. And they're natural, and I gave them to you. Now, so it's a transitional verse here, looking back and looking forward. It is an affirmation and exaltation of the omnipotence and omniscience of God that all men and women may be in awe of the Creator who created everything. Wow, he did it. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen the commercial that comes on lately a lot, but, uh, you know, it's people that are all fatigued, they're running around crazy and everything, and, you know, they're tired, they can't sleep at night, they go to work, tired, they're in the elevator, and it says, and take a pill, you'll be energized. Why don't they just say, you know what, cut out some stuff, get some sleep, <laughs> and don't work seven days a week. That's the problem today. That's the problem today, people. I recall an article, I don't know exactly when, but it was in, in France, uh, and it was a day when horses moved the carriages through the city, and they wanted to defy the six-in-one principle. And they worked the horses, I, I believe, eight, nine, ten days, something like that, straight. Well, within a short span of time, the horses became sick and ill, and some even died. They were just fatigued. Everything broke down. God has built us into the creation. You need to rest. I need to rest. You just kick back, do nothing. Just reflect on the Lord. He's so good. Think on how good he is. Everything's for you. You rest. You read. You go out in the garden. You don't throw a ball. You whatever. You laugh a little bit. You switch gears. Switch that brain. Turn it off. Hmm. Seventh-day Adventists tell you that the Sabbath should be the rest and that we should worship on Saturday rather than Sunday. They say that if you worship on Sunday, you're really not biblical. In fact, at one time they taught that you worship the mark of the beast if you worship on Sunday. Um, first of all, the Sabbath is not Saturday. It's Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. So there they're off the beat. So they're guilty of not keeping the law. Secondly, if you want to keep one aspect of the law, you have to keep all of it. Otherwise, you're guilty of the whole law. So you can't do no work at all. You can't travel more than a Sabbath day journey, which is a very short distance. So they don't keep the law. It's legalism. Galatians 3, 10 through 11, Paul says, if you fail in one part, you're guilty of the whole law. We live by grace through faith. The Christian church was never under the Mosaic law that demanded the Sabbath day. The Pharisees constantly, as you know, wanted to trap Jesus because he did everything on the Sabbath day. On one occasion, in Mark 2, 27 through 28, he and his disciples were going through the field, and they took some wheat of corn, and they rubbed it, and they began to eat. And the Pharisees, ah, hey, you're breaking the law. Jesus responded that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is to give benefit to man, not to enslave him, you understand? In other words, let's just say you're on Sunday, and there's an accident that happens at home. Your pipe breaks. Your, all your plumbing breaks. 
You're ready to go to church. Well, you don't come to church because it's, it's urgent, right? If it's just your leaky faucet, put a bucket and come to, come to church. So you're not bound to, you're not legalistic about it. And another occasion, as you know, in Luke 13, verse 14 through 16, um, he healed a woman on the Sabbath day, and the, the ruler of the synagogue was so indignant that he said, there are six days that men ought to work, and therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each of you have in the Sabbath day loose your ox and your donkey to the stall and lead him away to water it? There's some things that are priority regardless of the day. And so he says, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from the bound of the Sabbath? Of course you can. In other words, he's teaching that human need precedes and rises above legalistic priorities. You understand? If you walk into bonds when you leave here and you grab a, a, a loaf of bread and walk out, that's stealing. All right? If there's an earthquake and the whole city is devastated and you're starving and you come across bonds and there's a loaf of bread and you eat it, that's not stealing anymore. The survival mode is in. It's emergency. It's different, right? Hmm. The day for the church is Sunday. The first church council, as you know, in Acts 15, 19 through 20, they never touched the Sabbath day for the Gentiles. Keep yourself from blood, from strangled things, from fornication. If you do this, you do well. Never the Sabbath day. It was for Israel. Now, the Seventh-day Adventists will say, well, don't you believe in the Ten Commandments? Yes. Well, doesn't it say keep the Sabbath? Well, the covenant is for Israel, not for us. I rest in Jesus Christ. He's my Sabbath. He is Lord of the Sabbath, there he says in Mark. By the way, um, Paul preached on Sunday in Acts 20, verse 7. Uh, he says, now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart, the next day spoke to them continually in his message until midnight. That's where Eutychus fell off the top there and was taken up dead. Paul was a long-winded preacher. Sunday. Why? Because on Saturday, he went to the Jews. He went to the synagogue for ministering the gospel. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, Paul told the Corinthians to set apart on the first day of the week their tithing and their funds for the poor saints so that he wouldn't have to take a collection. First day of the week. That's when the church met. The church never met on Saturday. The Christian rests in Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take upon me, a yoke is easy, my burden is light. Learn of me. We rest in Christ Jesus. We already saw Hebrews 4. We rest in Christ. Enter his rest. Christ was a schoolmaster. The law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, Galatians 3.24 says. It leads us to Christ. It points us to Christ. To free us, not to enslave us. The scriptures are clear on this matter. Uh, Romans 14, 5 and 6 says, One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. He does, who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. We're not under Sabbath. What if we had to gather together on Monday to have church? Would that bother some of you? It wouldn't matter, right? Just you make one day? One day. Six and one. Pick your day. Let no one judge you of food or drink regarding feast days, new moon, Sabbath days, which are shadow of things to come, the substance is Christ, Colossians 2, 16 and 17. 
Now, having said all this, how do we apply it to us? How do we revere God and honor God and express our love regarding this principle then? The world we live in is anti-God. Sunday is used in America for everything but God. It used to be a time when America honored the Sabbath, meaning Sunday, okay? There was no little league games on Sunday. There was nothing on Sunday. In fact, bars were closed down at times, everything else. Today, you have Pop Warner, you have uh, dance, you have everything. You have Harley Runs, you have everything on Sunday. Now, you as a Christian have to make a decision. That doesn't mean you can't go on vacation. That doesn't mean you can't do whatever you want. But when I became a Christian, I became different. If, in fact, Sunday is when the church gathers, why are so many Christians not consistent to come to church? All forms of activities are on Sunday. You have to make a decision. What are you going to do? There'll be the exception. But it cannot be the rule. You cannot change the nature of the church. You cannot justify by your culture or the time you live in. Every generation has to make those decisions. Too many people are a slave to their children today. They run them from baseball to Pop Warner to dance to this and that. They're never in church. Parents, when you take Sundays and do whatever you want, you're teaching your child that church is not a priority. That's what you're teaching them. And if you think that they're going to get up and go to church when they get older, you're out of your beanstalk. <laughs> There's no way. What they are being taught is the church is optional, not really important. Others say, well, you know, I work from Monday to Saturday. Sunday is my only day off. Well, you should be the first one here raising your hands to God. Say, Lord, thank you for providing for me. I want to worship you. Too many Christians are living like pagans. There's no difference between us and the world. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Here's the priority. What you do, you do out of love. And love is always obedient and honorable. Am I teaching legalism? No. There'll be times when you can't come. There'll be things, emergencies that come. But your consistency, your pattern is, I'm there to worship God. I'm there to hear his voice. I'm there to serve. And my family comes. If you're gone three Sundays out of the four, something's definitely wrong. And your kids are going to be affected. And your witness is destroyed on that level. Pretty heavy stuff, huh? The seventh day was sanctified by God due to the creation. It's holy. This is a summary statement of creation, which focuses on the seventh day of rest. The sixth day was the acknowledgement by God to the finished work of his creation. The seventh day was the rest of God from his creation. And the seventh day was sanctified by God due to his creation. The seventh day, rest and relax. Meditate on your creator. Thank Him. Worship Him. Don't give Him lip service. And you will live much happier, longer, and so will people around you if you take time to rest and think on these things. 
you won't be wind up so tight and you'll be a little more humble. He's built it in, man. Let's rest in him. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance about celebrating the seventh day. And you can request a CD copy of today's important message called The Seventh Day, Rest and Relax, for just $4. Now, this also includes what Pastor Xavier talked about the last time we were together. So the title to ask for once again is The Seventh Day, Rest and Relax. Or simply mention today's date when you write. Here's how to reach us. Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Did God include evolution in His creation plan? Join Pastor Xavier Reese as he brings us the answer on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 